<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? Hey, it's a Zoom edition, but don't worry, it's a, it's it's wonder it's actually really good. Well, Valfrose, uh, this is the intro. <laughs> the good news is I don't cough during this episode, and Val does not freeze during this episode at all. She just froze here during the intro. But I'm here in Chicago. If you uh, if you are in the Chicago area and you're hearing this the day it comes out, there's still tickets available to the Sun uh, to the Saturday Late Show. Hopefully to see you there. If hopefully hope to see you there. PeteHolmes.com for tickets. And here are the Pete's picks. If you like this podcast, try a Pete's pick. Some of the things that I use and actually love, like our friends at Blue Land, who remind us that the holidays can create even more waste than usual. Each year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year's. But what if we told you there was a way to get all your holiday shopping done without the guilty feeling over the waste that typically comes with it? Well, meet Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic, which is horrible. Get rid of that single-use plastic, and they're doing it by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet. And this holiday season, Blue Land is having its best sale of the year, so you can save and shop sustainably for your friends, family, and even yourself. The idea is simple. Grab one of the beautiful forever bottles that they make, fill it with warm water, Drop in the tablet and get cleaning. This is the whole idea. Instead of buying a new bottle every time, let Blue Land sell you a forever bottle and a refillable, reusable tablet. Refills start at $2.25 and you don't have to buy a new plastic bottle every time you run out, which is amazing. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk so you never run out of products that you use the most. From cleaning sprays to hand soap to toilet cleaner and laundry tablets, all Blue Land products are made with ingredients you can feel good about. Try their Clean Essentials Kit, which has everything you need to get started in signature scents such as iris agave, fresh lemon, and eucalyptus mint, a personal flavor, euke mint. Plus, for a limited time, Blue Land's hand soap is getting a festive upgrade with a beautiful chocolate box-inspired gift scent with cozy scents like evergreen, winterberry, and peppermint. I wish my last name was winterberry and I was British. So if you want products that are good for you, good for the planet, and make you feel better about the plastic problem, which is a big concern, obviously, for me, with stuff that works, 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 all of their stuff works incredible. It feels great to use, and you feel great for doing the right thing. Take advantage of their best sale of the year. Go to blueland.com slash YMIW. You don't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash YMIW. That's blueland.com slash YMIW. And show your support of this show. Secondly, the holidays are officially upon us and it's time to start celebrating, but I mean like actually celebrating. It's your holiday too, so you should be able to relax and do what you love. If that means watching every single seasonally themed rom-com like it does for me and Val, so be it. Do your thing and holiday your way with our friends at MeUndies. It's the most wonderful time of the year to try MeUndies because they're currently offering a very merry deal. Get 20% off your first purchase with free shipping uh, with free standard shipping and free returns when you go to MeUndies.com slash weird. Let me see what I got today. Dinosaurs. Leela loves these. I'm wearing my dinosaur MeUndies. I heard about MeUndies on another podcast that I'm a fan of years ago. Val and I did a top to tails overhaul of our underwear, our loungewear, PJ pants, onesies, all of that stuff. 
because their micromodal fabric is incredibly soft, they fit great, and they have amazing prints. So get your holiday shopping finished early this year and start making time for yourself with the new MeUndies Holiday Collection. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear are made out of the softest, most supple fabric you've ever felt and are guaranteed to bring comfort and joy to your loved ones. Shop their classic plaid prints for a traditional picture-perfect style or get festive with their adventurous limited edition sweater prints. That's the one I go with. <laughs> Available in sizes extra small through 4XL, MeUndies has what you need to make all your favorite people smile this holiday season all in one convenient place. And feel free to start thinking about yourself now. They, they, I, I'm part of their subscription, so I get new MeUndies. I don't know what they've done recently, but they're even more comfortable. For the past year or so, they re reinvigorated the whole thing, and I love them even more. So, to get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com weird. That's MeUndies.com weird, and show your support of this show. Last but not least, our friends from Ritual. Ritual has completely revitalized and reinvented what how I think about vitamins and probiotics and has changed my life so much for the better. It's literally my ritual and always makes me feel ready to start my day. I'm so happy when I go to the doctor and they tell me that my vitamins are all where they need to be, which is can be tricky, especially uh, if you're like me and are mostly vegan. But here I'm going to talk about their new Symbiotic Plus, which is a pre- pro and postbiotic all in one place. So we're talking about gut health and they're not all the same. Let me ask you, does your probiotic contain clinically studied strains? Well, meet one that does. Ritual Symbiotic Plus contains two of the world's most studied strains with over 350 publications of human clinical trials. Gut health comes up a lot, especially on the We Made It Weird episodes. It's like a second brain. It's the central, well, it's not literally your central nervous system, but it's like the grand central station of your body is your gut. And our food these days is just not cutting it, so you have to supplement. And I have tried a lot of different kinds, and let me tell you, Ritual Symbiotic Plus ticks all of the boxes. What makes the, their components so clearly Ritual? Well, they're science-backed and research-stacked, especially when stacked up against the leading direct-to-consumer and top-selling probiotics on the market. It's more than a probiotics. It's three-in-one with clinically studied prebiotics, which is like the food for probiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Single-nested, it means it's one pill, wrapped in a minty capsule. There's not a bad taste. In fact, there is a good taste. You open the bottle, it smells like mint, you put it in your mouth, tastes like mint, and you are getting streamlined gut support from a wonderful daily simple minty capsule designed to thrive in your colon, not your stomach. There's a delayed release, which is the ideal place for probiotics to survive and grow. And best of all, you do not need to refrigerate them. You can keep them right in your cupboard. So Symbiotic and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. There's no more shame in your gut game. To make something, uh, to make trying something new easier, Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off for their first three months when you shop online at ritual.com slash weird. Prefer to shop in person? Ritual is now available at Whole Foods Market. Or go to ritual.com slash weird. Get your, uh, what is it? I want to, I just said it, 10% off for the first three months and show your support of this show. All right, everybody, that is it. 
Hope to see you out on the road. Go to PeteHolmes.com for all my tour dates. Enjoy We Made It Weird number 112. Get into it. Recording in progress. I know. The future is then. The future is what just happened. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Okay, I'm going to make you big and you <sighs> little. Pin me. How Whoa. many jobs have been put on the line? Compromised is what I mean. Because someone makes a let me pin you joke. Like they just can't. They're on Zoom. It's not, it's not the environment. It's not the setting. And you go, all right, Janet, let me just pin you real quick. <laughs> He's immediately like a, a red family feud X goes on his face because uh, everyone knows he's, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. It was too, it was too irresistible for old Craig. Craig. And he screams out worth it. <laughs> Craig wasn't a good name. Craig seems nerdy. It would have been like D- Dylan or like. I... Maybe I just miss you, but I loved Craig. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice. Thank you. I absolutely loved Craig. I loved Craig. <laughs> I am doing. I'm We're doing... doing this over Zoom. Did you guys yeah. figure that out with the recording in progress? Yeah. And the which is very James Bond, very the future as imagined in 1989. Mm-hmm. That a robot woman, like they could, Zoom could have, it's just as easy, a human person go, recording in progress. Correct. They, they, <laughs> they choose to have it be a robot voice because every once in a while we make a choice to make it the future as imagined in 1987. You know, like we mm-hmm. want it. You know what I'm saying? You really think that's what they're doing? They're like. Unconsciously. Unconsciously, they're like, okay. I, I, they had a meeting, they had a Zoom, they have no meetings. <laughs> is there, is there a Zoom headquarters? Do they have meeting, like real meetings about how to have virtual meetings? They must. That's such a good question. Like, can Are you go, we, if you work at Zoom, do you have any in person meetings? <laughs> oh my God. It would fly in the face of their whole premise. Yeah. But like, they would probably also be like, yeah, but Zoom meetings, you don't take them as seriously. I mean, not officially, not right. officially. Like, <laughs> they're just as good. But like, seriously, we have some work to do. So I need you there. But officially speaking, it would be the same if we did it over Zoom. Yeah. Any reason they could possibly give for having an in-person meeting totally diminishes their entire business. If anyone thinks Zoom is the same as a regular meeting. And I don't just mean for meetings you don't care about. It's apps it's better for meetings you don't care about. Sure. But if there's That's a their, meeting that was the original motto they were gonna go. Just as good for meetings you do not care about <laughs> is a hundred percent right. But like if you were, you know, planning something super important. Like I couldn't zoom into the birth of our second child. Like no one's like, that's the same, obviously. But like, I've had to pitch things on Zoom. I've Like, it's not the same. Like there's no stakes. There's an off button. In fact, how many like sales are conducted because of pressure that there isn't an off button? Like if a, a door-to-door salesman 
comes to your door. And the reason there's effectiveness there is because it's not a pop-up window. You can't just close it. There's a human element. You feel bad telling this poor, wet person <laughs> who'd walked to your house in the rain to get out of there. Like you'll hear his pitch for timeshares or whatever because of that unspoken, I can't be unkind. But a Zoom, you just close a Zoom. That's why Zoom comedy sucks. Who cares? It really is... It's it's a lesson that like we have to be we have to learn eventually as a, a society that like nothing is going to be the same as being in person. No. But we're right now in this moment in time, getting even further from that, like with the metaverse and everything, we still think that that's what we want. But it's I mean, it's insane. Like there are factors that we don't even know is going on, like smelling somebody and you beat me to it. By the way, the episode this week, Kurt Braunohler, we talked a lot about smell and like how important smell is. And I know this is like inappropriate, but even the smell of your dentist or the smell of your coworkers is a factor. And I think we hate to admit it until there's stinky stew who everyone doesn't want to work with because he smells, you know, or, and that, that sounds like I'm just making fun of smelly people. I'm just like, they smell to you. Like you don't vibe or mesh with their aroma. (laughs) (laughs) Aroma. With their Uh, aroma. Yeah. I think that there is, it's really just seems to be like, even like, a version of what we did in the Victoria era, like Victorian era, where you're just, we're just trying to be like, we're not animals. Yeah. Like we are, we have evolved so much past being animals. We're just floating brains at this point. Mm. And it's like with big wigs, put a wig <laughs> on that brain, be a floating brain, have no butthole and put a wig on it. For fuck's sake. What is like, can you, do you ever think of like how inappropriate we are for those times? Like we're totally fine for these times. Oh but yeah. If you, if you walked in any room, what was the Victorian time? 1700s? Yes. <laughs> yeah, neither of us know. But 1700 sounds right cuz it's uh-huh. England. Like England, the 90s in England was like the 1890s in America. <laughs> that what I'm, what I'm saying is it's hard to place a time in England because they're still in palaces. There's still harpsichords. There's still scones and cream and candles. Like it's way easier to know what year it is in America because whatever the newest shit is, we want that everywhere. We yeah. want it everywhere. And everyone's on those hoverboards and, you know, whatever the. Why this riff is over. <laughs> and we don't care about anything old, so we don't save anything. And yeah, this riff is over. <laughs> this riff, this riff has taken something from both of us, but I still I know what I mean. But if I you and know. I walked into a room with a harpsichord and people with knee socks and overcoats <laughs> and wigs and like the mole, you wanted a black mole. Like you wanted one black mole on your on your mustache there was zone. A lot of weird stuff going on then. Like they were giving themselves moles. They were doing. They were like <laughs> shaving their heads to make their foreheads bigger. Have you seen yeah, this? Yeah. They gave themselves receding hairlines. Yeah, crazy. What was that trend? What I I have no idea. Like, what, <laughs> is it? Uh, I mean, there. Maybe it was the time of like eugenics. 
eugenics where there or there was something about being like your brain is bigger if your forehead is big or I something. Think, <laughs> like I watched that thing called Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey. Do not recommend. Uh, not no to way. you. It's another sex cult, um, but like, like a not another sex cult movie. <laughs> yeah, another sex cult movie. We can't stop with the sex cult movies. God. But the FLDS, the fundamental Latter-day Saints, and they're like a prophet. Um, they're, uh, so are the Latter-day Saints. They have modern-day prophets. But they broke off from the Church of Latter-day Saints, and they're like even more whatever, fundamental, I guess is the word. Anyway, that went all sideways. The reason I mention it, it's it's another tra- trauma-inducing, you know, it'll make you feel horrible and and scared. But the thing that I took from it was, have you like Mormon women all have like oval hair? And that's because they decided, like from the prophet, I think, like from the top down, that women's faces should be oval. So if you happen to have like a square face, they'll fix it with your hair. They'll just give you a really oh. big oval hair. Oh my gosh. Which is funny because a nice Lincoln beard would also help. Like you could take some testosterone and get a nice <laughs> Lincoln beard. You, brother, you got yourself a stew. It all feels like, this is a little bit of a stretch, but Leela, our daughter, is in a phase right now where she really likes to like control and I hate the word boss, but boss. She likes to boss around. Yeah. yeah. And she makes up these like arbitrary rules where it's like, if you're holding this egg, that means that you get you're to out. dance first. And then if I say my name, then that means that I win. <laughs> like, and you're yeah. like, okay, let me follow that. Yeah. And that's what that feels like. It feels like a child being like, if you have oval head, you win. Uh, but if you don't have oval head, that's okay. We fix your hair. Like it feels like a four-year-old thought of it. This riff has restored in me what my harps my harpsichord room riff <laughs> took away from me. And then some. Like I'm in a surplus now. That is so true. Like what Leela is doing. Oh, I had this. I was watching um Pumping Iron, the documentary about Arnold Schwarzenegger and and um the Hulk. God, I forgot his name. Uh, uh no. Um Lou Lou Frigno 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 yeah Lou Frigno and I was watching it and I realized when I watch documentaries that are about like fringe interests and you know weightlifting <laughs> and weightlifting is a fringerist Mm-hmm. There's a part where Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, my father, he never understood weightlifting until he came down and he started working on his arms. He got his arms going and then he started to understand. And I was like, fucking hey, Schwarzenegger had a period in his life where his dad, his fucking dumbass dad, didn't understand. Like, you know, I, j- I took comfort in that. Mm-hmm. But then I went even a further, uh, a step further, which I was like, I, I was watching my mind and I was like, you like watching these things because it's a little bit nasty, delicious. You like, like, look at these weirdos that mm. shave their bodies and, and get so jacked, like their muscles have muscles and they're just, they, they want veins and they want definition and you put on the delt and you put on the, put on the abs and all that sort of stuff. But then I was like, that's what I'm doing. Like, that's kind of what we're all doing. Like the human, like you were saying with Leela and the rules, 
Like mm-hmm. Leela does the rules. It's just something human beings like to do. And then the FLDS, they're doing that same thing to an extreme. And then I still like to scapegoat and otherize people and go, look at these shiny, muscular weirdos. Not in a mean way, but just in kind of like a, hee, 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 how strange. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like book it, putting your head through uh, the wood walls they have around a construction site. You just want to see what's going on in there. And it's all these guys flexing and, and strutting and speedos. And and it, and it cuts to the most unironic 80s crowd of dudes just being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he flexes his back and they're like, woohoo, woo. And the women are like fainting. And so it's like, what? It's, it's everything. And it's, there's no irony to it whatsoever. And I catch myself laughing at it. But then I was like, that is me and comedy. I took, okay, you can lift things and get muscles. And then someone was like, what if I did that? to the extreme everyone is funny or has some inclination towards humor or wit at least wit or the recognition of other people's comedy i've met some people that have absolutely no comedy but you know like at least they'll see other people's maybe and i've taken that and Mm -hmm. we're this fringe i'm a fringe group i just happen to be a fringe group that like in the 80s with weightlifting comedy is now but like i'm the subject of a documentary in a, a hundred years where they go like there used to be these guys and girls that would like obsess and then do their little witticisms <laughs> and that unironic 2023 crowd would be like yeah yeah but like there's a t- there's like a potential of a time that people will look back and be like that is weird that's that's just as weird as weightlifting meaning yeah. None of it is weird. It doesn't seem weird now, but it, from another perspective, it's just as weird. Well, that's true. There's a, I'm, well, first of all, the thing that it made me think of is this, the in Clueless, the like stoner character, Travis raises his hand in class, like apropos of nothing. And is like, I just realized like the way my f- my the way I feel about the Rolling Stones is how my kids are going to feel about Nine Inch Nails. So I really shouldn't give my parents such a hard time. <laughs> but it, it is like that, and I remember having feelings like that too, where I'm like, I'm just into this because it's now, but someday it won't be the thing, and it's yes. all just moving and changing. That being said, I think if even if it's 150 years from now, if stand-up is looked at like that, like weightlifting, where you're like, this is so bizarre that they were into this, it will be because it's been replaced with some other kind of comedy. I, I don't agree. think comedy will go anywhere because it's such a service. Like, I would like to ask those fainting women and the people in the audience what service they feel like that is providing them. And maybe they have a good answer. That's a great answer. I mean, that's a great question. Like, go up to these mustached guys and be like, what is this? Because the easy easy joke to make would be like, well, are you sexually attracted to them? Right? I feel like that was was one of the impediments to being into weightlifting, like, or, or appreciate, or being in the crowd, not just weightlifting, going to weightlifting competitions. Yeah, obviously. And I think this is cheap and I don't think this is honest. You're going like, 
well, that seems like you are sexually attracted to these men. So what does that say about you? Are you you a gay man? Like that was an insult and like a, a shameful thing. Obviously, I don't agree with that. But like, what is going on? What is it? Yeah. It's just, there's something honest about it, which is like, we love strength. We love strength. Mm. We abhor weakness. And there's a lot of things that are just kind of like, look at the discipline. But then I'm also like, I think they might just be like, it's beautiful. Like, like some guy just be like, it's fucking beautiful, man. Look at his fucking deltoids. Those are fucking deltoids. I have a guess that they would say something like it's inspiring or something like that. But really what I think it is, is that it's a spectacle. And like there were strong men in old tiny like carnivals and circuses. You're absolutely right. Next to the bearded lady, which of course that's so problematic. But like, it's funny that the male version of a bearded woman was just a very strong man. (laughs) Yeah. And and that was yeah. and that was the original spectacle was that he could lift a piano or whatever. It is like a primal thing, I think. And then, I and by the way, this still happens now. You know this, like I, a friend of a friend who I knew in college, got very into, and she was a woman, and she like got very into, what is it called? It's like um, weightlifting, bodybuilding. But it's like where you go to pageants and you display your muscles. You like go to, you're doing it for the purpose of yeah. competing in the, I, they probably don't call them pageants, but. It's like Mr. Universe, Mrs. Universe, that yeah. sort of thing. And she, it was crazy to witness. Like, yeah, it was kind of cool to see that somebody could actually transform their body so severely. I agree. I so, think, go ahead. I just, I, I, it doesn't really interest me, but I could see how it's a spectacle. And then I could also see how once you're there, there's like the mass hysteria, like the oh, mass yeah. excitement, because I never could be into wrestling. I shouldn't say it that way, but like, I've never been interested in wrestling ever, but I went to a, like a cage match ww yeah f yeah yeah i don't know one of those um like a proper match and it was so fun to like for a a while just be really into like to all be booing the same people and i agree cheering and i have a couple things on that okay let's not forget i'll say my wrestling thing really fast it's my ego it's my pride that says i can't enjoy wrestling Here's why. Because I can't be losing my mind, laughing, crying, cheering, and then have the camera pan over and have an eight-year-old boy having the same experience. <laughs> like, like that's that's really the block. Is like I can't be seen to be like me and this kid. <laughs> like, I know that sounds stupid. No, or, or, it doesn't. You're just like, I have to, it's like the Frasier of, of my personality has to be like, I like things like like jazz where you go like 
Oh my God, he, he's trading fours with the drummer. This is so rare. And if you know, you know, like you want to like understand classical music is the is the ultimate of this. It's like the yeah. structure of classical music is is difficult to understand. But if you you go like, oh, and they did the extra refrain or the or or whatever it may, or they played it so perfectly or so passionately, like we love the subtle. The subtle yeah. thing, which is funny, that's kind of what's going on with weightlifting is, is they're being really subtle and specific about working out like this muscle, like some weird side muscle that they absolutely uh, work out perfectly by doing some weird thing with a cable on their side and and they mm-hmm. nail it. So I, I'm with you. If I went to a monster truck rally or a wrestling match, you can tell my level of inner liberation and spaciousness meaning my lack of pretension or taking myself seriously or wondering what people think of me by my ability to enjoy it. If I'm having a great time at a a monster truck rally or a magic show or a wrestling show, all of these things uh, that can be criticized very easily or whatever, or looked down upon, uh, that means I did my work that day. That means I don't I don't see separation between me and my brothers and sisters. I'm just having fun because something crazy is happening. You know, yeah, that, that's like a good a marker. Open heart. You're like living from your heart instead of your, your yeah. brain. Yeah. And the eight-year-old thing is really interesting because I would imagine that one of the appeals of it for a, a lot of wrestling fans is that it somehow makes them feel eight years old again in like the best way in the way that like roller skating does or, you know, whatever. If I'm being honest, Val, I really meant someone who's not smart. I like, Mm -hmm. I I was, I'm not, I'm so on, I'm proud of that thought that I was like, I mean, a dingus. I mean, just some, Mm -hmm. and I don't like saying that. I hate saying that. I hate that. That's how I feel. But that's one of the blocks to enjoying things is like, do, do dumb people like this? That's just, that's what being a snob is. And I fight against those snobbish tendencies. You don't just want to like what you like. You want to like things that dumb people don't like, that they're not smart enough to like. Like we went to that coffee place and they make their espresso with coffee beans. Or or remember they were like, we can make it with coffee. And I Googled why that's not good because I didn't know. (laughs) And I was like, I caught myself wanting to have that discernment. For yeah. the thrill of the inner Fraser. <laughs> like Yeah. And what's funny is that you didn't know. <laughs> you know. And I didn't know and I probably wouldn't have been able to tell. I mean, uh, maybe. I, I also this <laughs> I think the other thing that's going on when you're watching men flex is I th- I really think this is it. But or or I'll just say I think this is what it is for me. Cause I love seeing, if I'm being honest, watching an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie part of the fun is seeing him seeing his body like anybody that won't admit that like i can't handle you like that's that's Mm -hmm. you're you're wasting my time it doesn't it it doesn't have to be sexual or whatever but you're just like look at that and i think what's happening is if i was that strong no one would ever hurt me again (laughs) and and i was walking around chicago today i'm in chicago and I was like, it's so, I saw somebody wearing a Bears jersey. I was like, isn't that funny? We have two levels of metaphor here, meaning the team is called the Bears to say these players are Bears, or or really it's an analogy. It's like their strength is like that of Bears. 
So the team calls themselves the Bears to tell you they are Bears. Then we wear the jerseys to say we're like the team that is like the Bears. Bears. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So really, you're just saying I'm a bear. No one would wear a shirt that's maybe in San Francisco, but no one would wear a shirt that just says I'm a bear. But yeah. like you are wearing a shirt that says I'm a bear. This is this is Michael Jordan. Like I wear Jordan sneakers, and when I put them on, Jordan sneakers. But when I put them on, I I think of him. And mm-hmm. if I'm being completely honest, I'm like people will think that I share his excellence because I wear his shoes. I'm wearing my basketball dad's shoes yeah. and they will think I am like him and that I'm a Chicago bull. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's so, so that's why I have no problem saying you look at the bodies and you go, if by being an appreciator of that body, I'm associated with that body and the attributes of that body are now projected back onto me, even if I don't have the body. Like, right. I think that's what's going, I think we're that silly sometimes. Yeah. You're like, I'm getting it through, uh, osmosis or something like I'm yeah. proximity by proxy. It's like, yeah, that's the whole thing. I'm close enough. I'm into it enough. Even if I'm a fat slob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> strong. No, yeah. but I mean, the, it's like, you saw the guy I saw wearing the jersey. He's wearing, he, he's not an in shape person. It's all good. But he's yeah. like, but I don't don't mistake me. I'm a bear. <laughs> like I, I'll maul you. I am. Yeah. Don't. It's not even. I even think there's a level of like, don't mess with me, or this team will come against you. Like I'm with this clan, not just the team, but the fans. Like those fans will hoard together. They'll stand with each other. They cheer for the same things. They they boo the same things. It's we're so vulnerable and we're so exposed. And I don't begrudge anybody for looking for some port to tie their boat to. It sounds like, because people know I'm not a sports fan, that I'm saying, like, this is stupid. I'm saying I recognize this because I I do it as well. Well, yeah, I think it might be leftover tribalism or something. There's we. It's just a, or it's also just, a, like, it's basically the, goes back to spirituality and the, like, illusion of separateness. And we know that we actually do belong on a deep level, but we don't, but we believe our separateness on another level. So we feel like we don't belong. So then we have to find belonging in any wow. sort of way I, that we can. So I wasn't even going to bring this up, Val, but briefly, as I make my way through A Course in Miracles, that's like, that's like the whole thing. Is, is there's these exercises that you do. You do one a day. And one of them is, I did it yesterday, is um, I am never upset for the reason I think I am. And this has been so helpful. And it's going back to what you were saying about wanting to belong and all of these like efforts, even comedy, even the show last night here in Chicago was so good. And it was like this unifying. I've always said that that's what I love about comedy and what I find so grotesque and bad about hecklers is that they're breaking the unification of the whole audience. This this wonderful special time we get to all be under the same banner and be one thing, especially the audience, which is just laughing as one voice, you know. And you brought it up. I, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying, like, I wasn't even planning on bringing this up. So I'm never upset for the reason I think I am. One of the things is, is like, for a minute, 
like listen to your thoughts and find the things that are bothering you, that you're worried about, that you're angry about. And we're about to do some new Batman videos and I've been reaching out to this person to be in them uh, for a long time through their reps and their reps just uh, don't reply. Like they'll reply and be like, what are the details? And I'll be like, it's this, this and this. Then they'll just ghost me. And then like a month later, I'll, I'll be like, hey, just checking in on this. And they ghost me again. And these are emails with like five people on them. So like five people are ghosting me. And also the guy, the guy that I'm trying to book is a sweetheart. I, I know him. I love him. We've worked together before. I know if I could ask him to do it. So they're like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he is saying no to it, but they would just say like he doesn't want to do it. But like, I'm, I'm just convinced that they're not even bringing it to him. So I have all of this hurt. So I did the exercise on that. I was like, I am not mad at this person. We'll just call him M at M's representatives be, for the reason I think. And I was like, okay, what is it? And it's, it's separation. It's, it's I'm reaching out and they're not reaching back. So it's this feeling of isolation. It's this feeling of being rejected from the group, being ostracized, being like I, something's wrong with me, which goes into the guilt, which, which is the whole, A Course in Miracles, the, the more I learn about it, they would say that this, this world, we split away from the perfect oneness. And because we did that, there's like this um, fear uh, or guilt that we split, which is completely, this is what I love about it. They're like, it's completely unfounded. But we're constantly, we want to be offended because if we're offended, then we're innocent and we're we're being wronged because we're so afraid of being guilty. It's it's really addressing that sort of psychological fear. But it all goes back to like all of the major issues you're having. Maybe this is an overstatement, but a lot of them can be traced back to like I'm separate, I'm not included, I'm alone, I'm guilty, I'm broken, I'm ashamed, I'm vulnerable. And I'm afraid. And all of that stems from the, the first belief, which is that you can be separate um, from perfection, from, from unity. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is really interesting. And I do feel like, you know, it's so ba- it just makes so much sense that, like, the things that feel so good to us are reminders of or like it all comes back to connection like everybody wants to be connected everybody wants to feel seen and loved and held and why because we have forgotten that we belong to each other that we are that's right. the same thing and that's so right. these little moments of even sex is connecting and merging into one thing which you are. <laughs> it's remembering a deeper truth. But and we don't know the crying that. when you're born, too, is that first separation from the, the bliss of being inside of your mother. 
And I think that's, again, just a, a retelling of the whole narrative. And Ramdas says this too, is like we learn when we're children, we go around pinching ourselves and then pinching the bedpost, then pinching the pillow, and we're figuring out what is us and what isn't us, because it's really weird. Like, the dream, or we can say the dream, or you could say the illusion, or you could just say the experience of duality has inside of it uh, a sense of lack. It, co- it, it, it creates fear. That's another big Course in Miracles thing is like, if there's fear, there's basically to use Buddhist terminology, there's ignorance. Like you're not, you're not seeing clearly because, and this is again what I love about it, if, if it's all one, then there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> like, the, you, could, you could say that there's something to do, which is wake up to that reality. There's still a, a game to play or a class to take. But there's nothing to worry about because if you've never been separate from God and you at your deepest level are a piece of God or are God or whatever, you know, a, 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 an expression of God, then everything's okay. But... Uh, it's too it's too nasty, delicious to get here and be like, or maybe I'm God. Like maybe Pete's God. Like look at Pete and look how fancy he is. Like we like the separation, even though it comes with all of this pain and all of this fear. Mm-hmm. What are we gonna say? I'm sorry. Um. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, I I that I that started making me think of something else. But what I originally was gonna say was. And I quote, <laughs> I'm stalling. Oh my God. Um, that is in conclusion. In conclusion. <laughs> I'm quoting myself. Um, I don't remember, but yes, I agree Aww. to all of that. And I was going to say there is a really great book just for the listeners called You Belong by Sebene Selassie. And it's so beautiful. And it just talks about like th- that at the root of everything is our desire to belong and then like at the the root of that is the truth that we do belong so it's really just a right. re- trying to remember that we do belong oh that's what i was gonna say because you said you know there's no problem but you know like maybe there is something to do like w- wake up but even that i think is like yeah and and you've you've actually what you've shared to me about the course in miracles i really like that they're kind of like you can you don't have to like there is like cuz there's such an urgency that's where i get hung up on the like can you achieve a light enlightenment do these yeah. steps and you will and i'm not even saying this about course in miracles it's every spiritual it's all of them it's yeah all it's all of them. them um you know do you do all the right things and then you will achieve this thing? So inherent is that in that is does feel like a so you aren't good enough as it is now. But if you do these things, you can be. Isn't that good news? And you're like, I prefer the news that I am good enough as I am now. <laughs> like, is yeah. that an option? Because that feels actually like the most loving thing. Um, I agree. And That's that. Yep. And speaking of like Buddhism, I actually, you know, Buddhism has the eightfold path. So that would be like their version of like, this is the path you can take to awaken, you know, do these steps and then you'll do it. But 
it really is sort of like the of course within buddhism there are different little avenues and like the the jack cornfield buddhism which is his um teacher is ajahn cha is very much like it's all just perfect and right here and nothing needs to be done and i just saw this quote from him from his teacher so he said my teacher ajahn cha said that the real eightfold path is two eyes two nostrils two ears a mouth a tongue and a body it is the actual life you live this is the eightfold path as you sit and as you walk you are the eightfold path Mm. like just so earthy, which of course you know really appeals to me. And I'm not saying that in contradiction no, 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 to anything that's, you said. Let's let's never, let's never let's never let's never have that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's choose against, against that relationship <laughs> right, right now. Deal. Where if I'm enjoying something, I'd be like, you know, you know that's that's is that just saying that that's not <laughs> that stinks. I I don't like that. In fact, one of the things that you and I talked about last time we had coffee was I was like, one of the reasons I feel comfortable holding on to the balloon of, meaning A Course in Miracles really lifts you into outer space. It's, it's a, to me, I find it simultaneously comforting, like deeply peaceful. Like I am not mad at my parents for the reason I think. I find deeply helpful. I really love going what there's just something else going on. It, it, it's bigger than that. Or um, the 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 lesson today was I'm angry at my parents because I see something that isn't there, and I was like, I think that's that's just like fucking fierce, and I love it. Or I go, I'm afraid of God's wrath because I see something that isn't there. I'm afraid of my own grotesqueness, my own rage, my own disgustingness, because I see something that isn't there. That is, those are really good examples of the good razor. Sometimes I think of it as shaving with a very hot, very sharp razor. But then sometimes when you really get into like, okay, so the mind of God had an illusion and that illusion begot another illusion, which is this world, because illusions just kind of like make more. They beget beget more illusion. And we're in that illusion, and, and that's okay. There's just a lot of pain here, and there's a lot of suffering here. So it's sort of like, wouldn't you like to gently be woken up and come back to your wholeness? The only reason I'm comfortable holding on to that balloon, and that is the right image, and it's lifting me up, 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 further and further, into like weird swirls of purple and green gas in outer space, or even worse, not worse, but maybe more accurate, into infinite blackness, is because I have a partner that is a weighted blanket and a hot water bottle and a cup of tea. Mm. Like, it's, it's not in spite of you that I like to ski on this weird triple black diamond. <laughs> It's because of you. It's, I, I couldn't do it without you. It's, it's too fierce without, without my jacks, without my father, Greg Boyles. I, I can't. Um, when I'm really grooving in it, 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 it transcends, it's transrational. 
meaning reading the text, doing the exercises, takes me to a place that is completely unarticulable. I, I can't, it's ineffable. I can't explain it, but it is relief. It's this real like, stop, 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 stop all of it. And when you're just completely still, you'll, you'll get this weird sense that it's, it's just so good. It might just be true. Like that you are all, that you are already there that there is nothing lacking, and that you're just kind of having an experience. The the again to take the achieverness out of it. It's not to like win the experience. You're just it's as it's as harmless as having a dream. It's 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 and it can be as beautiful as having a dream, and it can be as horrible as having a nightmare. It's but it's like it's hard to talk about. But I couldn't be I couldn't be doing it if I didn't know there wasn't the ski lodge with the chicken noodle soup and the roaring fire and the Christmas decorations and, and hugs and kisses and snuggles and Leela and, and just all of that is not an error for me. This is just like such a fierce intellectual um, undertaking that, that is counterbalanced by everything that you give to me. Well, that's really sweet of you. I really appreciate you saying that. And a couple things. One is, I don't think, as far as we know, I I just I don't think you've experienced the scary, dissociative trauma because I think your your trauma is different. It was, uh, it was over time and it was hard to articulate. So you didn't get the like I dissociated part of it which made it makes it Mm -hmm. harder in a different way but that's why all of this and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast I've certainly you've heard me mention it a ton to our friends because it was such a huge puzzle piece for me um when my therapist was like this doesn't feel good to you because it feels like dissociation and, and I was like, that's exactly it. And I have, so even when you were like, I can go in outer space because I know that there's hugs and kisses and Leela and all of your life, I've experienced having you and having your hugs and kisses and having you play Dar Williams for me and having you do all the right things. And it wasn't working. I was so yeah. dissociated dissociated and like felt lost in outer space and the that was the trauma was that oh my god nothing he's doing is getting in so you just don't have that specific trauma so like have at it that feels good for you and it makes sense that it wouldn't feel good for me and there is no well please Mm. what's what's weird is i have had a very charmed life the course would say uh people, because it's a reincarnation belief system, they would say, like, you have good lives and you have what you would see as a bad life. So you might you might be a famous comedian, this one, you might, and then you might be something else, the next one. You know, you're going to be uh, something unpleasant, the next one. So what I like about the dream analogy is it does um, account, like, I just had a friend he took ayahuasca and one of his trips was like 
God is a madman and he is torturing us. Like that's that's what's happening. Is like he's a twisted uh, tormentor, and and that's the reality you're in. And I was like, okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, no, obviously I don't believe that. But why is that a possible um, uh, perception? You know what I'm saying? It sort of speaks to this idea that that it's a dream, and there's horrible dreams, and there's pleasant dreams. But it doesn't matter. It's all illusion is illusion is illusion, horrible illusion, good illusion. It's sort of like it's a worldview that accounts uh, for a lot of horrible stuff in a way that's a little even that's more fierce. It's just like, yeah, because this is this isn't I guess you could say this isn't this is a projection of a of a mad idea. And, And that's what what madness does is it begets, I keep saying begets, but it begets more madness. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah. So I think that that's what it really, sometimes I really think I actually find comfort in this like very materialist sort of simple view of like, maybe we are, I, I can't really think that we're just like accidents but it's like maybe we were given like the breath of life and we've evolved into questioning why we're here and at the very least it's like let me even simplify it more we are all these we are these beings who woke up into consciousness and with no real certainty of how we got here what is going on and then there was suffering and that's what the root of all of this is, it feels like sometimes, like all philosophy, all religion, all spiritual practice is like, what do we do about suffering? How do yeah. we reconcile that there is suffering and that su- suffering is a thing? And first of all, I just find comfort sometimes being like, of course, that's what we're all doing. It's not any more complicated than that, really. Or like, what if it's not any more complicated than that? Secondly, we're just in this moment where, and really understandably, like you are taking the fiery masculine road of, of exploration to be like, maybe I can get out of the suffering. Like maybe I can escape suffering in this way if I do these things. Mm. And I am taking the very feminine, watery, flowy, earthy method of being like, what if I can make friends with the suffering and I can just be like, I could actually like be with it so much that I see it in a different way. So Mm. like, what if I can go into the suffering even deeper? And I don't think either of those is better or worse than the other. And I do think we benefit. We both benefit from the other being on the other end of the spectrum. Like, like you said, Mm. I'm there on the ground for you. And I also get to be safe on the ground and you report back from your, like, outer space adventure. Satellite. Yeah, my <laughs> yeah. outer space adventure, yeah. I'm like, are you <clears throat> cracking it over there? Because I'm going to stay down here. But, like, let me know if you do crack the problem yeah. of suffering. <laughs> and it's I'm interesting. see if I can. I'm always going to be drawn to the things that increase 
my own patience, my own tolerance, my own compassion. And I know I've said this a million, but like my own experience with lucid dreaming is always going to draw me to philosophies that use dream imagery. Because it's a very, very profound thing to have that sleep enlightenment and go, I'm dreaming. And then you wake up. It's like, I've had it hundreds of times. So I, of course there's, but, but even take that away, take ultimate reality, ultimate truth out of the equation. I just notice I'm not nervous about my show tonight for the reason that I think, right? Helps me go like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you think you can be separate from God. You think you can be outside of love. And by the way, look to Jack, look to all these other traditions for other examples of this. But that is a great fear for me to identify, label, and dismiss. I'm like, if this crowd, really, that strong man, if I was that strong, no one would ever hurt me again. Me, if I can get these strangers to love me, then I'm lovable. I'm not, I'm afraid that if they don't love me tonight, that I'm unlovable. That needs to be investigated, not for some ultimate trophy, you're the enlightened boy and you get to evaporate off the planet when you die. Um, Take that out of the equation. It's just unpleasant to be afraid all the time. And to realize that so many things I'm doing, my parents not understanding me in whatever ways parents don't understand their children, feels like a separation and I think reminds me of that greater cosmic separation, that isolation and that loneliness. So all of this balloon floating is resulting in less fear and more connection with other humans, more love with other humans. And I, whether or not Father Greg believes in this stuff or if he would use this language, I think he tends to use much more God is delighting in you, God isn't over there waiting for you to snap out of it. I don't, I think that might be a difference. But like, it, it talks about like, uh, those that are in their right minds can't are incapable of seeing error. Like a big Course in Miracles thing is you forgive people for what they didn't do to you. Because you acknowledge that like, it's sort of like just that fierce, like nothing is going on here except God and love. And like, there's this thing overlain on it that is filled with offenses and defending. And I told you, I, I tried to swap, I swapped hotels and I got to the hotel that I, I, so I got all my bags. I went to this other hotel that I had booked and they just, without even saying sorry, they just said, yeah, the hotel's overbooked. We don't have a room for you. I was like, I couldn't even do that. If I did that a hundred thousand times, there wouldn't be one of the times that I didn't say, I'm so sorry, there isn't a room for you. But this person just flat out shotgunned me and was like, there's no room. And I was like, do you have a manger? Is there a manger? I didn't say that. But because of you... And because of hopefully these this clarity or right-mindedness or love that is increased from all of these different methods, in that situation, yesterday, I had a show in a few hours, I'm at a hotel, I don't have a place to stay, I was able to calmly sit down and just call other hotels, as opposed to believing 
I'm mad at this person because they don't have a hotel for me. Really, I'm mad because I, in that moment, believe the hotel rejecting me is, is life itself rejecting me, is love itself rejecting me. There's no room for me. There, I, 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 I'm an outcast. Like, and it churns up all this primordial fear that when I fly up in the balloon, I can go like, don't be stupid. If it's all one, there's nowhere to go. And really, there's just kind of like a funny movie playing <laughs> that, that I can choose to take really seriously or I can take it as, a, as an excuse to make the movie or the dream as pleasant for everyone around me as possible, including not being mad at this person or not being like, remember that story I said, I think the part that's missing is I'm sorry I parked in front of your yes, car. Yes, I remember? thought of that I, the other day. I could have said that to this woman and and maybe some people would be like and that's right you know like remind this person they should be nice uh it felt so much better to not be like don't you mean sorry or like why do you overbook it why did you take the reservation if you don't have it like what what is happening except believing my imperfection her imperfection the world's imperfection and our division from love which is which is just the course would say is unnecessary pain. It's just unnecessary pain. So, so I'm with you. I, that that's my version of making friends with suffering. Yeah. Well, that is really interesting. I love all of that, and I do think like you're seeing day to day benefits. So, like this is a real. That's a sign enough that you're getting something out of this. Um, and it is so fascinating because, you know, you just. Maybe it's like a masculine thing. Maybe it's an Aries thing. You do, it seems like, it's like there's pure awareness, then there's all your job, you know, your thoughts, feelings, emotions, stories, all of that. Mm. So for me, the practice of sitting, observing with kindness, everything that arises, my thoughts, feelings, emotions, stories, observing it all with kindness. And until I just identify as the pure awareness that in which all of this arises is the path for me. But yours, it seems you need like something fiercer. You're like, and then come in with the machete and be like, don't be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Don't be dumb. But what's interesting, Val, is isn't kindness sort of a soft detachment, a soft it is a detachment. denial. It, I wouldn't, I don't see how it's a denial. I see. I don't mean bad denial. I mean, like, I'm going to be soft to this. I'm going to deny it's calling me to get stuck in it. I'm going to lovingly acknowledge it. Yeah, go on. It is a detachment. That's what I was going to say is in order to greet it with kindness, what goes hand in hand with that, like you can't do it without... Being like, I can read this with kindness because I know it's not me. If I am attached to a belief that this is me and really says something about who I am, then I can't really be kind about it because I, I feel shame and guilt and, and all of that. But if I go, it's just arising in me and it's going to come, it's going to leave in a minute, (laughs) you know, like it's not me. I'm the awareness that all of this happens in then it's easy to read it all with kindness because it's room, you know, it's roomy. It's the guest house. It's so close. I'm I'm only saying this because it's my favorite thing. 
the course in miracles would say it's all the it's all your mind mind like capital M mind it's and that mind is an extension of the one mind or the one awareness and it's like it's all happening there and therefore you can forgive it and this is inter- this will be the last thing I say about the course in miracles but they're also like you'd think they would be like well it's all a dream so who cares this I was excited was like they're actually there are teachings where it's like you should then be kind to everything because if everything is a shattered fragment of God, you should be nice to your things. Like you should be, like think of a monk sweeping his stairs. Is he doing it harshly or is he doing it with the awareness that the broom and the leaves and the stairs are also a piece of God's fragmented oneness? So it's not a nihilistic like, who cares? It's like, what isn't God? God is and what isn't God? So therefore, when I, because Eckhart Tolle loves A Course in Miracles. In fact, if anybody's interested in it, that's a good place to start. There's a Facebook video. If you just search Eckhart Tolle, A Course in Miracles, you'll find a video that someone posts on Facebook. That's a good place to start. I don't, I don't recommend to jumping in the text. I would watch maybe some talks on it. Ken Wapnick, W-A-P-N-I-C-K on YouTube is a good place to start. And then maybe work your way into the text after you've watched people talking about it for a long time. But anyway, Eckhart Tolle is a good one to start. He loves it. And remember Kim Ang says, that's his wife, that when she started dating Eckhart, that he would get in the car and it'd take a deep breath. And then it slowly put on his seatbelt and take a deep breath. And then it'd start the car and take a deep breath. And Kim goes, I'm sitting there like, is this guy fucking serious? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like but that's a person that doesn't see a hierarchy of illusion or a hierarchy of, of projection. And, and, and they do that with, with your, your thoughts, with objects, with your problems, and with your pleasure. There's this sort of like evening out of all of it that helps you just sort of be less scared. Yeah. It's interesting. That's great. And that's very Buddhist too, is it's all sort of equal, just like pulling out of your, pulling at your intention and you can just let it go. Like all of it, the pleasure, the, all of the attachments. Also, yeah. this will be the last thing I say, cause I do have to go. Um, but it really makes me think of like what Jack Kornfield and Tara Brock have taught me is that there are two wings of awareness mindfulness and compassion and you know compassion is this this heart like how maybe I would have handled let me say like how how compassion would have handled the reaction to the hotel person being like we don't have a room would be like oh you feel rejected yeah oh this is these are defenses that are trying to keep you alive, keep you safe. Yes. Okay. I see you. That's here. Mm, mm. Of course, that's more my speed, but we need the other wing, which it, cause that you have to have both wings and the other wing is mindfulness is very like pointed, pithy, clear seeing truth. So like, It is like, what is actually going on here? It is, you are not upset for the reason you think you are. And like getting to know what is actually happening. Mm. And you need both. And what Jack says is, 
You need both because um, mindfulness without or compassion without mindfulness becomes victimhood and you kind of go nowhere because you're just feeling sorry for yourself, but you're not really seeing Mm. anything clearly. (laughs) And mindfulness without compassion becomes self-judgment. So it just becomes Mm. like, I see what's wrong with me, but I actually like all I can do is just see my own problems. And then you are judging yourself. So it's brilliant, Valerie. it really yeah. is like these two pieces that we're bringing to yeah. each other is, is very helpful. Ah, that's brilliant. What a, it's a great note to end on. I Let's, um, thank you, Val. We, we both only had an hour as I'm on the road here, but I'm so glad you took the time away from Leela on your, on your trip to Denver. Um, and would you, let's, would you say, keep it crispy? I will. It was so nice to get to talk to you, have a full conversation. Yeah, I um, know. Yeah, everybody, keep it crispy.